I'm so grateful, Lord, for this house that you've given us, Lord, this community that you've blessed us with, Lord, and just everything that you do for us and providing for us, Lord, uh, in unknown times. Father, we ask that uh, you take these tithes and these offerings, Lord, and you continue to bless this ministry, Lord, uh, continue to bless the community that we're in, Lord, and uh, everything that we do, Lord, that we do it to honor you, Lord, and you alone. We also ask, Lord, that you prepare our hearts and our minds, clearing everything away, every trouble, every fear, anything that can distract us, Lord, from your word this evening. Uh, we ask, Lord, that uh, it's a blessing into our lives, Lord, that we can uh, allow it to be food into our in our lives also, Lord Jesus. And we ask this all in your precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless everyone. Y'all may be seated, brothers and sisters. Bless the band this evening. We have a birthday up here. Felicity, my daughter, turned 17 today. Lord, help me. Amen. We were looking at some videos and just cannot believe how the time flies. Liz, hold on to that baby. Gabby, hold on to that baby. Amana Cindy, hold on to your baby. Sister Margie, Andrea. Because they go by quickly. And some of y'all can agree here that it's already experiencing that. But um, I am so proud of what the Lord has done. Um, and my daughter in particular and my kids also, but my daughter. Um, as a parent, you know, it's easy to get blinded by their kids. But I know, I know what standard we hold. Um, our kids into and and I am very proud. I'm very uh, honored to be her father and and I'm uh, proud of what she's doing in her ministry and I'm grateful for all the prayers from everyone in the church too. Uh, and thank you all for um, um, enjoying this journey with us. Uh, as you guys have seen um, families grow here, we've all seen each other's families grow here. So praise the Lord for that. Um, but I'm very grateful. Uh, God bless the classes this evening. Dios bendiga a todos, hermanos. Por muchas gracias a Dios por el cumpleaños de mi hija. No puedo decir nada malo de... Oh, una cosa puedo decir de su cuarto. A veces su cuarto se necesita limpiar. Pero de ser de tener problemas con un joven o algo así, doy muchas gracias que Dios ha, ha bendecido a mi esposa y yo con alguien que tiene un corazón muy bueno. Uh, y doy muchas gracias en eso. I am grateful, you know. I said I couldn't say anything bad, but, you know, one thing, you know, sometimes she has to pick up her room. Go figure how many of all of us have struggled with that, amen. Um, God is good, amen. The title for uh, today's message, brothers and sisters, is why today is so important for our faith to shine. ¿Por qué hoy es tan importante que nuestra fe brille? Um, it's una pregunta, hermanos. Why is it so important for our faith in today's uh, world to, to shine? Why is it important more than ever? You know, when you start to, have you have you had that conversation, you know, with yourself, with your family, uh, why it's so important today for um, for what we believe in and, and, and what we've been raised in to, to shine, to unravel itself too, to be used. 
La pregunta es, hermanos, ¿por qué es tan importante ahorita que nuestra fe está brillando uh, en estos tiempos que estamos viviendo? Es un tiempo que uh, muchos de nosotros, como, como hasta este año pasado, uh, muchos de nosotros pagam, pagamos más atención que nunca hemos pagado en, en diferentes cosas. A unos por políticas, de ser políticos ustedes, pueden ser presidente este año, el año en... Uh, 2024, no están pensando esto aquí, ya saben mucho de eso, a otros de enfermedades, ¿sí que sí? especialistas, tenemos doctores aquí uh, que oyeron algo y creen que son doctores, pero uh, muchas cosas han pasado que ha, ha llevado, uh, ha traído experiencias en nuestras vidas. You know, brothers and sisters, uh, this past year, a lot of us have uh, grown in a lot of different ways. Some of us have you know, were, were got involved in things or started studying things that they, you, you never did. Some of y'all didn't pay attention to politics. Now you guys act like you're the most political people in the world. The first year that you started studying stuff and it's like, you know, um, uh, c calm down. <laughs> They'll disappoint you later on, trust me. You know, others were, became doctors, you know, last year. Uh, they, uh, you know, you, you could hear somebody talking. You're like, "Whoa, is there is there a doctor behind me?" Oh no, it's just what you were hearing. And again, it's I, and, and it was. I was thinking about that as I was walking here. Um, I remember early on that you know there was people that were scandalous, and I'm even talking about in here that were scandalous about everything that was going on. And now those people are completely opposite. Now they're like, "Why are we wearing this?" And they haven't even proven this and all this. But at the beginning, they were scandalous. You don't want to hear it? I'm going to offend you already right out of the shoot. You don't even know who I'm talking about. Ah. I was going to say, but you're wearing a, a, a green neon shirt here today. But I, was, I had to look to see, make sure nobody was wearing that. But, again, a lot of things we go through, a lot of things that we, we've passed through have caused us to, to, to move. One thing that should not move is our faith. And God bless everyone that, you know, your faith was tested. Your faith was tested. Your faith was tested this past uh, year and has and is being tested. Uh, but why is it so important these days for our faith to shine is the question, amen? If we turn to Romans 8.28, I'd like to start in a few verses before we get into uh, the topic this evening. Uh, Romans 8.28 reads, And we know that all good things work together for good, for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Y sabemos que a los que a Dios aman todas las cosas le ayudan a bien. Es a saber a los que conforme al propósito son llamados. This isn't a new verse. This is a verse that we read a lot last year, that we've read a lot through the years. A couple of things that stand out is with the, uh, the title this evening is that it's important, brothers, for us to believe this verse, to understand that God has purpose in our life. Eso no es un versículo nuevo, hermanos, no es algo que es la primera vez que lo estamos leyendo, lo hemos leído este pasado año y lo hemos leído, 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 ¿cómo? Leído, ¿no? En los años pasados. Pero una cosa que debemos entender, hermanos, es que lo necesitamos creer que es verdad lo que está diciendo. 
que todo va a pasar por el bien del de, 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 de propósito de Dios. En estos tiempos también. Es la confianza que debemos tener en estos tiempos. Our faith should not be wavered and changed because we think it's different now and that, and that uh, um, it, you know, maybe these verses weren't true. No, these verses are to be applied today. These verses are becoming real. Are we applying these verses into our everyday actions? Or have we forgotten stuff? Have we forgotten how to apply these verses into our life? And that's why we've had struggles. That's why we've gone through things. That's why we're going through things because we forgot how to apply the word into our life. Vamos a olvidar, hermanos, cómo aplicar la palabra de Dios en nuestra vida. Por eso hemos pasado cosas, estamos pasando cosas. Y va a venir cosas si no entendemos cómo aplicar la palabra a nuestra vida. Es un trabajo que tenemos. It's a job that we have. It's work that we have to do, brothers and sisters, in these times. Amen. Isaiah 41.10 reads, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. No temas, que yo soy contigo. No desmayes, que yo soy tu Dios. Que tu esfuerzo, que te, que te esfuerzo, esfuerzo, siempre te ayudaré. Siempre te sustentaré. Con la diestra de mi, de mi justicia. ¿Por qué estamos leyendo estos versículos hermanos? Porque es importante en estos tiempos que los creemos y que veamos estos versículos. Why are we reading these verses? Because it's important in these times that we believe and also shine in these verses in our faith. It's the calmness that we should have. How should our pulse be in these times? When everybody around us is scramming to get to the store and why are the shelves empty and, and the toilet paper crisis. How many toilet paper, how many people still have stock of toilet paper and don't want to admit it? I'm asking for a friend. Craziness. They made a mockery of it. You know, kids that graduated last year, they had, you know, 2020 and the zeros were toilet paper rolls. So what was going on? What was happening? The church was attacked and is being attacked and has always been attacked, but more than ever now. Why, 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 why? If you're not asking why is in this, be very careful. Because you might have been hypnotized or put to sleep in what's really happening. Proverbs 19.21 reads, There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord That shall stand. Muchos pensamientos hay en el corazón del hombre, mas el consejo de Jehová permanecerá. Esa es la confianza que tenemos, hermanos. Que la palabra de Dios va a permanecer. permanecer. That's the confidence we have is that the word of God is going to last through all these things. Through trials, through tribulations, the word of God will last. If that's the case, then the word of God should be in us. It should be flowing in us. More than anything, more than our pride, more than our fear, 
and concerns. Lack of trust. The word of God should instill these things in us in these trying times. Proverbs 16.9. A man's heart deviseth his ways, but the Lord directed his steps. El corazón del hombre piensa su camino, mas Jehová endereza, endereza sus pasos. Esa es la confianza que tenemos, que tenemos un Dios que sea, siempre está enfrente de nosotros, guiándonos. No importa lo que viene, no importa lo que está pasando. ¿Qué está pasando en este mundo ahorita? Para nosotros que pasamos el frío, que nunca hemos visto esto. Los de Utah dijo, esto es normal para nosotros, estábamos, para nosotros no. Los tejanos no. Los de México tampoco, no. Eso, no nunca, se ha, no, nunca han pasado eso. Sí, allá, allá viene el nieve así. Uno dice sí, otro dice no. <risa> oh, es porque vivieron en diferentes partes del pueblo. Yo entiendo eso. Ok, ok, está bien. Vamos a hablar después de la iglesia. You know, for some of us, this is, this is you know, uh, like they, they said, the 200-year flood. <laughs> I never see this again. And some of us were tested in, in how were we prepared. You know, were we prepared with all the things? And, and some of us weren't prepared. You know. And we were preparing, right? As the snow was falling. <laughs> But thank God that God made a way and God got, got us through it. But what is God telling us through these things? To prepare. But first, prepare your hearts. ¿Qué está diciendo Dios en estos tiempos que, está pas que, que pasamos, hermanos? Que necesitamos estar preparados. Primeramente en su pa palabra y nuestros corazones. Our hearts need to be prepared for these moments. Because anxiety wants to come, fear, all these thoughts come into our minds. What's going on? What's happening here? It's, you know, it was normal. It was normal. But the word of God is, it says it's not normal. You know, as much as we know that the, at the end, Uh, you know, uh, Jesus has victory. We also know that towards the end, it doesn't get better. I always hear that one right there. If the devil ever reminds me about my past, I'm going to remind him about his future. <laughs> But you got to remember one thing. As you head into that future, it gets bad. Some of us don't want to understand that or prepare ourselves for that. And we have a responsibility to prepare our kids for that. And understanding that, it's not to stock up in waters and ammo in the basement. It's to prepare our hearts and our minds. Hay muchas diferentes maneras que gente se prepara para cosas en este mundo, hermanos. Pero no hay nada más importante que preparar nuestros corazones con la palabra de Dios. Siempre vamos a tener éxito Teniendo Dios en nuestras vidas. Siempre va a venir una solución uh, para los que aman a Dios. Y es importante. Esa es la, la buena noticia. Que debemos brillar en estos momentos. Buscar esos momentos para hablar con alguien. Those are the things that we must talk about, brothers and sisters. Is that God's goodness 
and his grace on us in trying times. You know, last year, you know, I heard older people saying, I ain't never seen anything like this before. Last week, I heard older people saying, I ain't never seen anything like this before. What's next? Are we prepared? Or is our hearts prepared? We must be. Amen, brothers and sisters? Proverbs 21, 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whatsoever he will. Oh, you got to, oh, come on, some of y'all political people here that are just losing their minds for who's in office right now. You don't know who's in office right now because at the end of the day, God's always king and always rules. But again, many of the times we panic. We have these anxieties that come over us, these thoughts that come over us. The only thought that we should have is that God is in control and believe that God is in control. Get excited that God is in control. Because if we love God, then we know that he's on our side. Amen. I'd like for us to talk a little bit, brothers and sisters, about the book of Daniel this evening. I think there's a lot of relations to what's happening um, in in the world today in in things that happened in the book of Daniel. Uh, I I like to start out with a couple of quotes that um, that I wrote. One of them was, when the foundation is unstable, everyone on it will fall. How is our foundation? You know, another thing I wrote was hope motivates faithfulness. How's your hope? Is your hope small? Then you're not motivating that much. But when you're excited and you're seeing, and even though even though Arctic weather is against us, we're praising God because we know he's our God. We're showing up and acting different because we know he's our God. Something to consider as we talk about uh, a few passages in Daniel is two things, pattern and promises. And we're going to talk about these towards the end and look for those in this. But to understand, you know, the book of Daniel, we must first understand who was involved in it. And Babylon, and it says like in 605 B.C., it was early in its foundation this great nation that was starting to conquer everyone around it. And at the time, who was ruler of that, and you guys have heard this ruler before, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he successfully captured Jerusalem. So we can understand kind of some of the basis on some of the things that we're going to talk about. And he not only captured Jerusalem, but he took relics, he took treasure that Jerusalem had as his winnings or as his trophies and and out of the temples and stuff like that. But one thing that was common for the Babylonians was that they would also take family members. This is where Daniel comes in. What they normally would do is they would actually take the king or who was ruler, they would take their children or take other people of influence, 
And a lot of people don't know why they did it. Some of them think it was just so people would not want to retaliate. Other people think it was to show off when other people would come. Look what I have here. This is the son of David, Daniel, the second son of David, Daniel. And in these times that were difficult, because you can only imagine being overtaken as a country and now being influenced, being everything changes then. We see that God starts to show the importance of faithfulness as we start to see Daniel's life. So as I mentioned, Nebuchadnezzar captures Daniel and you can start reading that in Daniel 1.3. I'm going to give you a lot of these little verses that you can kind of come back and find in areas that, we, uh, that we're talking about. Amen? So if you guys can just be patient with me on those things. Um, what was amazing, though, is that they had a custom, the Babylonians, that for three years, whoever was captured, for three years they would actually study under Babylonian customs or history. Because they were going to be in the palace, so they had to be better servants than normal people. And what they found out is that the people, the ten people that were captured and taken besides Daniel, I'm sorry, the six people that were captured and taken besides Daniel, um, were a lot smarter than Babylonians. It didn't take them three years. And Daniel was the smartest out of them all. Because God had grace on them. And you can read that in Daniel 1.20. So at the time, Daniel had kind of a, uh, a factor that was surrounding him of almost legendary. People would see him and, and were amazed by him and how God was using him. They didn't know it was God using him, but they just like, this, there's something unique about this individual. And in one case... There was a situation where uh, the mother uh, had a son that was having visions and Daniel was able to interpret these visions. She made a comment uh, in Daniel 5.11, and I like this comment right here, that there was no wisdom found in the sight and intelligence of wisdom, or that he had intelligence and wisdom like God's, they referred to Daniel in Daniel 5.11. So we see this mother here fueling the legend of what Daniel was in his faithfulness to God. And see, there was a lot of things that were happening. There was a lot of things at times we all have studied this story about Daniel where uh, in chapter 1 in particular, the king would always send to the people that were in his palace. He was going to take care of them. Daniel found favor, even though he was hostage, even though his people were suffering, being enslaved, uh, having to do things. Daniel uh, and these fellows that were there with him, they were in in uh, uh, good graces with, with Babylon. And there's a story, and we've read this one before, where the king would actually send food, really good food to them. Feast. But the problem was is that it wasn't in accordance to what God had commanded Daniel to eat. 
Daniel tells this person that's in charge of them, I can't eat this stuff. I would not be honoring my God. And the person says, if you don't eat this stuff, they're going to kill me. Because you're going to start to look weak. And nobody that's in this palace can look weak. They have to maintain their strength. And you can read that in Daniel 1.8. And so Daniel challenges this person and says, I tell you what, I don't want, I don't like to hear that, you know, something can uh, happen bad to you. For 10 days, let me eat the food that God has asked me to eat. I believe they called it pulse. Let me eat this food that God has commanded me to eat for 10 days. And let me prove to you that we'll be stronger than those around us that are eating the food that you've given them. And so for 10 days, they ate this food. And for 10 days, they got stronger. They gained weight. Gained, their countenance was still high. And so Daniel, because of his faithfulness to God, God showed up and honored him. And we also know the story of when they planned against Daniel because they would see Daniel praying and they said that nobody should pray to their gods, only the God that Nebuchadnezzar prays to. And what happened with that? Daniel kept on praying because he was not going to fail God. And you can read that in Daniel 6.13. And Daniel was faithful. And in, in Daniel's faithfulness, God always showed up. And in that encounter, that encounter was when they threw Daniel into the lion's den. So all in all, in all this that we discuss here, we see Daniel's faithfulness. But we also see God blessing him with with talents, abilities. But what was amazing is they pulled Daniel out of the lion's den. The king sees that God was with Daniel, and then he tells Daniel, I want to put you in charge of my magicians, my counsel here over or, or, that uh, they bring me, you know, the future and all this stuff. I want to put you over them. And how crazy is that, that they put Daniel in charge of people that were relying on other gods? And you can see how God's authority works here and what God was doing already to change and transform things. And to me, that's amazing when you start to think that there is people like psychics and soothsayers and Daniel had authority over. And again, we know the story in particular of two kings uh, a father and a son that also went through struggles. And that's the story of Nebuchadnezzar. And it's a very famous story that we see Nebuchadnezzar, his pride was so great that the Lord turned him into a beast of the field. Lost his mind as he wandered the grass eating and until he humbled himself. And his son, whose name was Belshazzar, 
didn't have such a nice fate. He didn't humble himself in the sight of the Lord. And he was assassinated. So we see here Daniel being put not only in the lion's den figuratively, but also in a whole new environment that was different to him, but God had prepared him for these moments. And as we're transitioning our lives and we see things changing, some things are becoming normal that weren't normal anymore. Some things are changing that are causing fears to come over the church. What are we going to do? Are we going to bow down to who we're asked to pray to, to believe in? Are we going to be encouraged that God is going to make a way for us? How many of us have maybe already accepted some things and, some, and changed in some things? How many of us have let things in that normally wouldn't have been let in? It's a good question for us to ask. We must believe that God is still God. There's a good story, and I, I like, for, we're going to turn to this here in a second, but there's a story where the king was having a dream and all of his advisors and his soothsayers and psychics were unable to interpret this dream. I want to show you how ridiculous sometimes establishments are and how they can be proven that they're false. So at this time that he, the, the, the king is ta- talking about his dream, none of them could interpret it. And as a matter of fact, In Daniel 2.11, if we could turn there, their response was, it is a rare thing that the king requireth, and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods. But listen what it says here. Whose dwelling is not with the flesh. But what's interesting about the Babylonians is that they used to build temples to their gods that the gods were supposed to dwell in. So they would have people come and worship these gods that were there with them. But these priests and these psychic soothsayers in a statement is this, falsified everything that they believed in. We've seen Elijah go through stuff as he, as God put him in combating the beliefs that the world had or the moment of who was in control of Jerusalem had. And God never will allow us to fail if we're faithful. If we're faithful. The faithful part is the part that gets challenging for us. It's the part that sometimes breaks our spirit and brings the doubts in our lives and brings evil thoughts into our minds, into our hearts. It's what challenges us and really is God with us if 
I'm thinking this way or if I'm not obedient in this way. For our faithfulness and our hope takeover is when we do it because we know there is a God. We do it because God has commanded it. We put away the noise. We put away everything that's around us and we trust in him. Trust is so important in these moments, in these days that we live in, brothers and sisters. Trusting God is so important. There's, there's, we're going to be living in times where there's going to be many to claim themselves to be God. They may not say I'm God, but they'll provide in ways that they'll become your God. Are we prepared? Are we prepared as a church, as our heart Protected is our mind protected from these things. I tell I, I've mentioned this before, and I don't know if some of y'all growing up, but I remember seeing things growing up as a kid where it scared the hell out of me when they started talking about the tribulation and things that were going to happen during the tribulation, and how family members would turn each other in. That's already happening, brothers and sisters. Did you hear that, you know, last year people were calling, family members were calling on other family members that, oh, no, they have more than five people at their house right now. Oh, they had a get-together that none, nobody was wearing any mask. That's on a simple. Now you start getting into some beliefs and some foundational stuff. You don't think that's going to come even worse? Are we prepared? Anybody remember the statement that just haunts me that's in the Bible? Anybody? Am I here by myself? When Jesus comes up to the woman, the woman's crying, and what does he tell her? Nobody remembers. Wow. Don't cry for me because one day it will be said that a woman not having a child will be a blessing. was God saying at that moment? There's worse things to come. There's worse things to come, brothers and sisters. Could you imagine where not being able to have children is going to be a blessing in this world? How bad this world will be. What does that mean? Why would that have been said? It I could never see that being a blessing, but the Lord said that it will be called a blessing because of how bad this place will be. The times were really bad for Daniel. His people had been <clears throat> overtaken, but it wasn't new. We had read about that in Ezekiel. We had read about that, the battles that Jerusalem had with the Canaanites. We read about it in um, the stories of Samson. This was not new to uh, new to the, to Israelites. We talked about the cycle. Do you guys remember that? Being disobedient, getting captured, praying to God. God releases them and brought a hero. Being disobedient, getting captured. These things were happening. These things were. 
normal in their lives. Is it normal in our lives? Is it normal that we are, are not receiving the blessings and we keep on encountering the curse? That we keep on getting captive to the devices of our hearts? Aquí estudiando Daniel, hermanos, comencé a leer cosas que se parecían mucho a lo que está pasando ahorita en estos días. La historia de Daniel es bien, no nomás de él, pero lo que pasó al pueblo de Dios. Como Dios llevó a los, podemos decir judíos, pero el, al pueblo de Dios, a los, how do you say Israelites? Israelitas, no, Israelotes, no creen, pero como los llevó y los ayudó y siempre era su Dios y estaba con ellos. Y unas cosas que pasaron siempre es que eran, eran bien rebeldes. Pero aquí tenemos un ejemplo de Daniel que y una cosa que en leyendo de Daniel de muchos de los profetas y ejemplos que Dios dio de personas, hay antes algo malo de ellos. Si era Moisés, Abraham, Job. Pero no puedes leer algo de Daniel. Y eso no es algo que es como... No, no tiene un razón. Es porque tenías una persona que su vida era Dios. No le importaba si estaba, iba a estar en una cueva con leones. Dios era todo para él. En todo lo que pasó en, en este libro, hermanos. Siempre puedes mirar que su fe... Es lo que lo sostenió. Y es importante para nosotros que usamos este ejemplo en estos días. What kind of example can we use in these days? What can we leave to our children? What, what do they need to know of what's coming? What, what's not going to be surprising to them and that they were already taught and And told from us as we leave this to them. Let us not fall asleep in these things. Because these te- that, that's, the, that's the craziest thing about this cycle also. Is it how it repeats itself. How is it repeating itself in our lives brothers and sisters? How are we seeing it repeat itself in our lives? As we question things, why are we going through these things? Why has this happened? Instead, we should ask ourselves, what can I learn? What can I change? What can I do? But is our pride, is our, is our heart deceiving us so greatly that we're not seeing these things? Are we in a moment that we'd rather be enslaved and captured instead of wanting to be free? 
always talk about an example of how ridiculous it would be for a prisoner to be in prison and the cell be open and nobody there and he goes and shuts it just so he can stay there. He could walk out. Nobody's been in that prison for years, but he comes and shuts that door every time it opens. But sometimes we find ourselves in that pattern, in that mindset. We've talked about messages, brothers and sisters, of seeking the root cause of things. Sometimes we get lost in symptoms that we're going through instead of going to what the root cause is. Sometimes we think we're fixing things and all we're doing is taking care of symptoms and not going to what's causing the symptoms. Pastor has given a great example of cleaning webs instead of killing the spider. What is it? What is it that when we're standing before God, that God's in in his all power is going to say, you knew this, you knew you, you had to fix this. What is it even worse than that, that we've passed down to our children, that we had an opportunity to fix it, and our children had an opportunity to see us fix it, and we passed it down. This is where this becomes real. The word of God becomes real in our lives. This is where it's normal for it to be quiet and not people praising God and thanking God for revealing things to them. I remember my life transitioning. I remember where there wasn't many amens in my life. But I also remember when God revealed that I needed to thank him for speaking to my heart and telling me what I needed to change and believing him. So in life, there's a lot of contradictions. Someone will tell you something, you must believe this way, but yet... In moments when it's challenged, the doubts will come. What are you talking about? What you're asking us to do, only the gods can do, and they don't dwell with humans, except for these temples that we build at every place that we conquer nations that are to be worshipped because gods are in there. Where is our faith at? Where is our trust in? If we turn to Isaiah 14, 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn saying, surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Jehová de los ejércitos juró. Desciendo, ciertamente se hará de la manera que lo he pensado y será confirmado como lo he determinado. Eso es lo que debemos creer, hermanos. Que ya tiene propósito Dios en nuestras vidas, en esta vida también. Lo que estamos pasando. Ya lo, ya él ha sabido lo que va a pasar. Los versículos que leemos a comenzar, 
debe estar en nuestros corazones, debe estar en nuestras familias, en nuestra familia, en nuestra casa. ¿Por qué estamos hablando tanto de cosas que no tienen nada de valor para nuestras familias futuro? Si no estamos hablando de cosas que va a establecer sus vidas, que los va a ayudar en sus vidas. There's times, brothers and sisters, that we instill our kids, like, you're gonna, you got to go to school, you got to do these things, all this stuff's really important, all this stuff, all this stuff, and God's the last thing. God's not a priority. When God's got to be everything. We will see our kids rising up in, in moments when others are, are weak and doubting if we can fulfill these things and change these things in our life. God has promises for us, brothers and sisters, and we know that. He has a love for us that he's proven on the cross. It's an opportunity for us to see things differently this year. But more than anything, for us to seek out those opportunities to allow our faith to shine. How many of us want our faith to shine? Some of us have struggled with things, brothers and sisters, this past year up to now. Some of us have been vexed and we've been in dry places just because of the circumstances. We've seen the results of some of them too where the seed has died. I'd like for us all stand up tonight if we can. Si podemos pararnos, hermanos. There's difficulties that we're all going through. Some of us are going through great ones. Some of us are going through ones that are greater in our lives, but maybe not as big as someone else is going, but they are great in our lives. It's not up to us to measure each other's trials. It's our job to pray for each other, to ask God to show up in our lives. More than anything, for him to teach us through his word. Because these days that we are, we are living in are dark times. Let's not confuse that it's beautiful outside because we saw how quickly that can change. Let's not confuse that we have food in the refrigerator because we can see how quickly that could change. So what do we do? Get a bigger basement? What do we do? We trust in God because God has not failed us. He has not failed us and he will not start. Let's pray, brothers and sisters, that if our heart is troubled, if we're going through some things and we want God to show us what these things are before we fall ourselves, we find ourselves captivated again, captivated in our sins. Let's ask the Lord to break us free. Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father. I'm asking, Lord, that your spirit, Lord, that is greater than anything, Lord, that we can imagine, Jesus, that it enters into our lives right now in our hearts and our minds, calming us, Lord, clearing up things, Jesus. I ask, Lord, that right now that a conviction come over our hearts, Lord, to be faithful to you, to serve you more, Lord, to speak of you more, 
around our inner circle, Lord Jesus. Those that we lean on, Lord, hear, Lord, that they're able to sustain us through your word, Jesus, and support us through your word, Jesus. That we don't seek out, Lord, what we can see, Lord, knowing that you being unseen, Lord, gives us so much more. I said, all my brothers and sisters that are going through struggles right now, Lord, that you give them wisdom to question things, Lord. To see, first of all, if it's sin that's in, the li- in their lives. And if it is, Lord, help them. Guide their hearts, Lord, to change. Don't allow pride to accelerate destruction, Lord. But work in their hearts, Lord Jesus, that they may see you, Father, and actually reflect you in their lives, Lord. I ask right now, Lord, that pride be destroyed here in this church, Lord. It is something, Lord, that you destroyed on the cross, Lord, when you humbled yourself to the cross. We're grateful, Lord, for the example that you've left us and examples that you've left us like Daniel. That even though him and his friends, Lord, were challenged at times, to believe and to think the way others thought. They stood firm. And you showed up, Jesus. And you will always show up in our lives, Lord Jesus. I ask, Lord, that you put that confidence in our hearts tonight, Lord. Some of us are barely holding on, Lord. Some of us are struggling in things, Lord, that We don't communicate, Lord Jesus. Or we might communicate to those that aren't instilling your word in us, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, to shine a path, Lord, in their lives, Father. I ask, Lord, that we find your grace in our hearts, Lord, in our homes. And we're grateful, Lord, for your protection and your love for us, Lord, always. You have been so good to us, Jesus. You've been so faithful to us, Father. I ask, Lord, that you take us, Lord, home safely, Lord, and that we come here Friday, Lord, willing to put out things that we need changed in our lives, Lord, to thank you for things, Lord, that you've done in our lives and not just stay mute. Being mute, Lord, is a mechanism of the enemy. You ask us to sing with a loud voice. You ask us to thank you, Lord. If we're not asking for prayer, Lord, we should be thanking you for something, Jesus. As we question our hearts, Lord, these days, leading up even to a Friday service of prayer and thanks. I ask, Lord, that you just speak to us and you reveal to us, Lord, and use any mechanism that you need to, any way that anything that you need to, if it's if it's our our children coming up to us and reminding us of something, if it's if it's the beast of the field speaking to us, Lord, to correct us. Whatever it is, Father, that we find you again in our hearts. Ignite our hearts again, Lord, like it once roared. We're so grateful for all these things, Lord, and we ask this all in your precious and holy name. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm going to ask Gabriel to pass on up, the group actually to pass on up if you guys can.